0: Welcome to Me, Myself, and Millie, a podcast about pop culture and hot goss through the lens of your nosy neighbor. I'm your host and resident nosy neighbor, Millie Brooks, and this is season three of the show. If you are just tuning in, season three covers the theme of infertility and different pathways to parenthood. My husband and I just finished our first round of IVF, and I thought it was important to shed some light and add some levity to this dark subject. Um, But quick side note before we continue, never thought I would have to say this, but here we are. This podcast is for adults. We discuss adult themes, adult content, and use adult language. It's really not suitable for kids under 18. If you are over 18 and you're still a child, well, that's a whole other conversation. But please don't listen (laughs) to this show if you have small children around. Thanks, guys. Today, we are going to talk to Ashley Pitt, who's a health and wellness enthusiast and fitness instructor here in the Bay Area. Ashley struggled to conceive her son a few years ago and had to make some major lifestyle changes to help her fertility. So we are going to chit-chat with her today about those modifications that she made to help improve her chances of conception. Um, But before we get to that convo with Ashley, please rate, review, and subscribe to Me, Myself, and Millie. Follow us on Instagram at Me, Myself, Millie. And if you enjoyed the show, please talk about it, share about it, tell the world. Um, If you didn't enjoy it, please don't say anything to anybody. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Ashley, it's so awesome to meet you and have you on the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. We should tell people how we got connected, which is through Linda, the dietitian from Walnut
1: Creek. Yes, I love Linda. I'm grateful that she put us together. I have known Linda for a few years because she was a student participant in some of my group fitness classes, and then she started reading my blog, and we've been in touch that way, and she spoke so highly of you.
0: Uh, Well, same to you, and shout out to Linda. Thanks Mm -hmm. for making that connection. Well, let's start with a little bit about who you are and how you got into the health and wellness and fitness industry.
1: Yeah, so I'm Ashley and I live in the Bay Area and I have a lifestyle blog called A Lady Goes West and I started that when I moved from Florida to San Francisco almost eight years ago Um, and I'm a group fitness instructor. So I've been in the fitness industry for about 10 years but I came into it um, being just a regular person. I used to have a corporate job and I started getting really into group fitness classes and slowly but surely, I ended up becoming certified and eventually turned it into a career along with my blog so that's where I am today. That's fabulous. Well, on your blog,
0: which is A Lady Goes West, you share a little bit about your fertility journey. Do you mind telling us a little bit about how you your your journey to parenthood?
1: Yes, I will. So, um, as most women, it wasn't something I thought much about. I didn't think it would be a concern. I just assumed one day I would have children. Um, having moved to San Francisco, living in a small apartment, my husband and I, we were n- in no rush to have kids after our first few years of marriage. And then I guess it was about maybe four years in, we thought, okay, well, we could consider being ready. Um, and I found out that I didn't actually have a menstrual cycle at the time, so um, it's a, it was very interesting to me because it wasn't something that I expected, um, and it was something that I had to work through sort of on my own without the help of traditional doctors, unfortunately. Um, We will get way more into the details of what happened, of course, but I will say I did eventually get pregnant and I do have a son who is now two and a half years old. So um, it was a success story, which is the good news.
0: (laughs) Wow. Well, so you, you, um, you talk on your blog about how you naturally healed your hormones. And what is
1: hypothalamic amenorrhea. Did I say that right? You know, I don't know if I'm ever saying it right. Um, I say hypothalamic amenorrhea and everyone says it differently. So we can even say HA for short if you'd prefer. I love it. (laughs) Okay, cool. So I didn't know what hypothalamic amenorrhea was when I found out that I had it. And basically what it is, is the loss of a menstrual cycle, which can happen from too much stress on the body. That can be through too much exercise, not enough food, or too much emotional or mental stress. So all of these things can happen so that um, the female body decides it's in sort of a fight or flight mode and needs to shut down the reproductive function to save the body. Um, And when you talk about it like that, it sounds very scary. It's not a good thing. I mean, as you're talking, I had to put my hand over my heart because I was like, whoosh. Yeah. I mean, it's really not a good thing. And sometimes people will say, oh, well, you weren't getting a period. That's great. It's like, no, that is not great. Um, From what I've learned over the years, you're. Regular monthly cycle says a lot about your health as a woman. Um, It needs to be regular. You need to be getting it. And I didn't know that I had come down with hypothalamic amenorrhea because I was on a hormonal birth control pill for so long. Like so many women were given it, you know, at a youngish age for so many reasons like, oh, you have acne, here's a pill. Oh, you want to do this, here's a pill. Um, No fault to the doctors at the time because that was standard. No fault to the women. Who were taking it. Um, But we're learning more now that you don't necessarily want to take hormonal medications that are going to alter your system. And for me, because I was on a hormonal birth control pill, I continued to get a cycle each month while on the pill, but my body was not producing it. It was a false period from the medication. So when I came off the birth control expecting to get my period, hoping to get pregnant and the period never came back, that's when I went down the path of realizing I had gotten myself into this situation, hypothalamic amenorrhea, which at that point, several years ago, doctors were really not sure what it was and, um, no one was talking about it. So it was difficult for me because I sort of had to do my own research and figure it out on my own. (laughs) Wow.
0: Yeah. Did you go to Dr. Google? I mean, how did you find,
1: how did you find what you needed to find? So I did go to Dr. Google, and it was not super helpful. So I found the term hypothalamic amenorrhea. It was easy to find the definition and think, okay, I have that. But what does it really mean in life? And certainly, what does it mean for someone who's working in the fitness industry? Because at the time that I was going through this process, I was a personal trainer. So I was training clients. I was living in San Francisco without a car, and I was walking four to five miles a day. I was teaching group fitness classes, maybe 10 hours a week. That would be something I would actually do the workout. And I was eating healthy, but not a ton of food. So like the perfect storm, I was underweight from so much physical activity and my body was just incredibly stressed out. So I decided, okay, well, I need to heal myself. This is my profession. I don't want to stop exercising. How do I do this? Um, And that's what I was searching for on the internet. You know, how does someone in fitness heal their body? I came up short, pretty much nothing. Um, and eventually I started writing about it after I had gone through the process, but there wasn't much out there. When I went to my regular, um, gynecologist, she said, you know, you're not getting a period, so you can just go to a fertility doctor, fertility doctor and begin, you know, the IVF process to get pregnant. And it The second option was, or we can put you back on the pill so you can start getting a regular period. (laughs) Wow. Wow. And so both of those I thought, well, okay, I don't think it makes sense to go back on the pill because A, I'm not going to be getting pregnant, and B, Why am I not getting the period? That's not telling me why. Um, And I wasn't quite ready to go down the fertility route at that point, I wanted to figure out more what was wrong with my body. Um, The only helpful thing that my doctor did at that point was recommend I try and find someone who did acupuncture. And that was a huge thing for me. So I found an amazing acupuncturist. Um, This wasn't covered by my insurance, I just had to go for it. And in addition to treating me every other week with acupuncture, she really guided me along the holistic sort of traditional Chinese medicine approach to healing your fertility and your hormones. And I think it was instrumental in everything that I ended up doing to recover. So I tell everyone, uh, you know, that acupuncture is a great option.
0: I love acupuncture. I think it just blew my mind when I went and saw my acupuncturist for the first time, it was just like, everything made so much sense, mm-hmm. you know, and it, you know, I, it does It does work really well with um,
1: Western medicine
0: too. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: It does. And that's what I've come to now after going through the process of healing my hormones um, that I'm not saying Western doctors don't have the answers. They do. We need them, certainly through the pregnancy and the childbirth process. However, I do think that the approach of you know traditional Chinese medicine is helpful for everyone and I've implemented so many things that I learned moving forward since then. Um, so yeah, I think that both together are very important. but I do think that people need to understand that they can always look past the advice that they get from their regular doctor if it doesn't sit well with them. And in my gut, I knew it wasn't the right advice and I had to continue to research and try things and I think that that's always smart to be your own personal advocate. Amen,
0: sister. <laughs> um, you have an ebook called "Fit and Fertile." Tell us everything about this book, and how did
1: you? I mean, where where did the genesis for this book begin? So this book came about because as I was going through this process and realizing there's nothing out there that is telling me what I want to know, I was said, you know, I'm going to write all this down. I wasn't able to write it down during the process. It was sort of raw, painful, I was going through it, I was having a lot of confusion, not even knowing was I doing the right thing to eventually get pregnant, all the changes I was making. So I said, I'm going to write this down and I wanted to write it not like a textbook, but I wanted to write it with emotion because I think that that's something that people really need is that when you're going through anything related to infertility, there is so much emotion there. So my ebook, even though there are going to be actual tips on what I did to heal my hormones, what I did to get pregnant naturally, it's very emotional. I mean, I talk about the way it made me feel to see other people getting pregnant. I talk about the way it made me feel to have to change my body, to limit my workouts, to gain weight. Um, You know, these are hard things and rather than just give the facts, I told my story, you know, from the moment I found out I had my first period to, you know, a year after getting the period to still not getting pregnant. So um, it's definitely there as a resource so you know if you're going through this, you're not the only one that's felt the way that you felt. And that's how I wrote it. So um, it was, I guess, almost three years ago that I wrote the book and put it out on my site. And still today, people are reading it and telling me, you know, it meant a lot to me I've used your tips. I've gotten pregnant. I've gotten my period, something like that. And so even though it was a little embarrassing to put all that stuff out there, um, I know it's helped people. So I stand by it even a few years later.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. I think there's something about being vulnerable with people and sharing the the real raw version of certain trials that um, people really
1: respect. Oh, they totally do. And It's to the point that I put so much out there that I'll get incredibly personal questions and I typically answer them at this point, you know, telling me exactly the length of their cycles, exactly what someone's doing for exercise, exactly how they're feeling about, you know, gaining weight, changing their eating habits and their lifestyle, because it can be really hard, especially in the fitness industry when, you know, you're supposed to have a certain physique, or you're supposed to be in a certain shape to teach classes, to train people. Um, and I went through the whole thing of having to change my body, changing my routine, but continue to be in the fitness industry. Um, and it was difficult for sure, but I learned a lot and I've changed my ways for the better. And now I'm trying to teach others how to change their ways for the better too. So it has been a worthwhile adventure. <laughs> I'm
0: going to go rogue here and go off script because I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with new questions as you're talking and what types of changes did you implement into your food, your daily food intake to help you achieve pregnancy? This
1: is big. So this is where my acupuncturist really helped because there was zero information about this online at this point. And I will say now, several years later, more resources are out there. I think that we're talking more about hypothalamic amenorrhea. We're talking more about infertility. We're talking more about holistic ways to approach it. So there's more now, but at this point there wasn't much. And my acupuncturist said to me, you know, think about your reproductive area in your body. She said, you want to keep it warm. So you want to eat warm, cooked, nourishing foods. And at the moment she told me this, my diet consisted of cold overnight oatmeal, smoothies, sushi, and salads. That is all I ate. (laughs) Everything was cold, cold, cold and chilled. Basically. So I, you know, it was one of those things where I did not overhaul immediately. I never recommend a complete overhaul. It was small steps. I decided to change my lunch um, from salads and smoothies to a warm roasted sweet potato, cooked eggs, you know, warm food cooked in usually a lot of olive oil, something like that. And instead of getting sushi all the time, I would get sushi and a warm miso soup or something like that. But I ended up really eliminating all the cold raw stuff, focusing mostly on warm, whole cooked foods. And that was helpful. I also eliminated processed soy from my diet, which is everywhere. And that's Talk to me about that. Yeah. So soy itself is not harmful, like real, like edamame, you know, like, or soybeans and things like that, or even like tofu and tempeh, that kind of stuff that is more um, normal. But the processed soy that's used in a lot of packaged goods and even a lot of soy milks, it has been known to have some effect on hormones in men and in women. And I think it's the estrogen. I'm not don't quote me on that. I'm not exactly sure, but that was the one thing that I could find in research when looking around online that you know, staying away from processed soy was a good idea if you were having any issues with your hormones. So, I avoided all the processed soy and I tried to cut out a lot of processed food in general, mostly just trying to eat really whole stuff but in larger quantities and a lot more healthy fats, too. So I had um, not been eating much fat without realizing it. So I added avocados to every day, a full avocado at least. I added a lot of coconut oil, even though it has saturated fat, which there is, you know, discussions about whether coconut oil is beneficial or not. At this point, I was going for the more fat, the better (laughs) So I did a lot of coconut oil and um, a lot of nut butter. And then the only cold item I ate was whole yogurt. So full fat, whole yogurt. My acupuncturist said that even though it was cold, it was so nourishing that she thought that it was beneficial. So I incorporated that into my diet as well. And mostly I was just increasing consumption of calories, fat, and like warmness, so that I went from eating small amounts of cold food to large amounts of warm food.
0: (laughs) I got it. I got it. You know, my acupuncturist said the exact same thing. Great. She said, warm foods. We live in California. We live amongst, you know, smoothie land and garden central, um, you know, salad, salads galore all over here. And, um, you want to incorporate some warmer, warmer meals into your diet. Yes,
1: absolutely. I know it helped me. Um, So that was a really big thing, eating more and eating more fat and more warm food. And I stuck with it religiously in order to get my period back. And I stuck with it through the process of actually trying to get pregnant once I had my period. And even postpartum, I continued with the warm foods in order to heal as well. So it it was absolutely in my mind. And even to this day, whenever I have sushi, I have miso soup with it, something warm. I I definitely have gone back to salads and smoothies occasionally, not, I didn't eliminate them at this point, but now that I have in my head, the idea of warming up your insides, it's something that I'll never forget. And I think it's a really great thing for women, especially to think about.
0: Totally. What's one thing you wish you knew about your own fertility before you started trying to conceive?
1: Oh my gosh, I assumed everyone's fertility was a sure thing. I did not know a ton of people that had gone through fertility issues, to be honest. And now I feel like we're talking about it so much more. Um, That can be a result of many things, but I just assumed it was a sure thing. So I never thought to stop taking birth control sooner than I was potentially ready to get pregnant. And at this point, I tend to suggest to people. To try different options of birth control which isn't always the easiest thing but to know that you know it could take a long time to normalize your cycle so i wish i had known that um and i also wish i had known that getting a regular period is so important for so many aspects of your health you know when i had hypothalamic amenorrhea i had more mood swings um i got headaches a lot i never always felt i didn't feel quite like myself and that's because my hormones weren't whole and they means so much to you. So now that I've healed, I just feel so much better all around. You know, I feel truly healthy and I think that was because something was seriously wrong with me even though I could live a functioning life without a period, it wasn't right. I had to fix it. So it was worth the work.
0: They I don't know who says this, but I feel like I have heard people say that whatever happening in your gut is very much a connected to your emotions and your feelings. So like what you're eating, your digestive system, there's something so connected to that with your hormones too.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's the gut brain connection you're talking about. So people that have like a healthy um, flora and fauna, a set of bacteria in their stomach are tend to be more grateful. They can make better decisions. They don't have cloudy head. Um, It's a real thing that, you know, you really can make a connection between eating a healthy and diverse diet that's right for you, having healthy hormones, and having a strong, happy brain.
0: How has COVID-19 affected your wellness and fitness business?
1: Well, I know that I'm not alone in saying that COVID-19 has been a challenge for me, both personally and professionally. Um, Leading up to COVID-19, obviously, as a group fitness instructor, I'm in the gym a lot with a lot of people, teaching classes, feeding off that energy, enjoying the connection so much. So it's been a big loss for me to not have that in my life. Um, In addition to the people, just the energy of it and the whole, the preparation, the whole thing, it's been a real big loss. However, I will say this has challenged me to pivot in a way that I maybe would not have had I not been forced to. So I have been teaching virtual classes. I fought it for the first um, bit of time for COVID. I thought, well, I'm not interested in that. You know, I wanna teach the people right in front of me, but I have learned that it's a beautiful thing to teach people from their home virtually. You can still connect. We are all learning how to work out at home, work from home, and find connection, you know, in other ways. And I think I've I've definitely grown in that way. So it's been definitely good for me to make the transition to teaching first virtually. As far as my um, my blog and my business in that way. Interestingly enough, COVID has been great for me. Um, You know, people are consuming more content. They are reading more. They're more engaged in what they're learning. Um, They want more resources and they want to hear how other people are dealing with it. And that has always been sort of my bread and butter on my blog is me giving my insight with advice from the things that I'm learning and doing. And so I've actually, you know, had a great increase in my online business during this time, which has been awesome. So, um, I think a lot of content creators can say the same that people's attention has been good. um, as long as we're using it for the right thing, giving them valuable information, not just selling to them. Right. So it's been um, a challenge, but there will be a lot of great changes that will have come from this time.
0: Um, any fitness recommendations for the listeners who might be pregnant right now or going through fertility treatment?
1: Yes, absolutely. So, I think that walking, something that we can all do, is the best exercise. Um, you know, I would recommend it to anyone through all stages of trying to get pregnant, pregnancy. And you know, postpartum in the proper time, I think walking is amazing, and you can get your heart rate up with an arm swing and a fast clip. You know, (laughs) so always number one would be walking. Um, And when you're trying to get pregnant, I don't think it's the time to do high intensity interval training. I had to cut mine down. I, I cut back a ton of exercise while trying to get pregnant, and I think that that's a great time to limit the hit. I like. um, I really like bar workouts for people who are trying to get pregnant or even during pregnancy. So that's sort of like little isometric movements. Um, You can use weights, maybe not. And you focus a lot on balance and core. I think those are great. And, you know, prenatal yoga is awesome. Anything to open up your hips. Think about that while you're trying to get pregnant. You know, you always want your hips open for childbirth. So those would be my number ones with obviously a little bit of strength training in there if you can. And that can be just your body weight. You can do some of that within the yoga and the bar classes, but I would probably avoid a lot of jumping when you're trying to get pregnant, when you are pregnant, a lot of impact, a lot of intensity. It's just not the time you can return to that one day. But you just want to treat your body so gently so that it can give all its effort to those reproductive functions. What
0: is one thing that you wish all women knew about their
1: own fertility? Wow. Well, I think that all women should know that You know, you can't guarantee your fertility and you need to think about it sooner than you would potentially be ready to be pregnant and that you can support your fertility through diet and lifestyle. You can support it. I'm not saying you can get yourself pregnant through the food that you eat in your workouts, but you can support it. So a lot of women these days are very much into the high intensity interval training, the being lean, the looking good. And as great as that might look in pictures, oftentimes, um, low body fat on women can have a negative effect on your fertility. So I think that, um, you just want to maintain a natural cycle, be sure that you're getting it. And if you are not on birth control and getting a natural cycle, then you can keep track of it to make sure that whatever you're doing with um, nutrition and fitness is complementing your fertility, not taking away from it.
0: I love it. (laughs) I need to go back to Back one question to the your suggestion about walking. Mm-hmm. I came across a study that was done in Sweden, like maybe oh, years ago, years ago, and they basically measured the frequency of the earth. They measured like all different types of living, living things and their free, frequency. And they found that the frequency and vibrations of the earth is similar to that of the human, of human beings. So when you walk, you are getting more in free, like you're getting in the same frequency as the earth and it can have a very calming effect as well. I wish I had the source but I know this is this to be true. So that makes
1: me think of two things. I completely agree with it. I believe it without knowing the exact study. It makes me think of earthing or grounding where you know we go and stand in the grass and bare feet and let the positive negative neurons or whatever they are, um, travel back and forth from your feet to the earth. That's a proven thing that, you know, makes you more calm, makes you feel more in tune with your body, um, can give you all these positive benefits. And the second thing would be something that my acupuncturist recommended to me was trying to sync my cycle and, um, fertility with the moon. (laughs) So I never was able to quite get into it, but, um, you know, there would be times where she would give me these recommended herbs to take that would perhaps promote my cycle to line up with the moon. And I have heard some people being very successful with it, but I didn't actually end up getting synced with the moon. <laughs>
0: Well, it's funny you say that because my mom, um, who passed a couple of years ago, God bless her. Um, she is she used to be a ER nurse in Detroit and she would always say to me that on a full moon, everybody would expect to have a bunch of pregnant women come in and give birth. Like there's something about the natural tides of the moon that just
1: impacts women's cycles? I believe it. I mean, I haven't seen evidence of it, but I wholeheartedly believe it.
0: (laughs) Well, do you have any advice for people who are trying to conceive and
1: struggling
0: with their health and wellness?
1: Yes, I do. So it goes both ways, right? We have the women who are trying too hard to be too hardcore with how they eat and look, and they are affecting their fertility negatively. And then we have the women who are so focused on their fertility that they perhaps neglect their own health and wellness. Like I would say continuing to move in ways that are gentle to your body, it's important to get out there um, to exercise. I think eating in a healthy way is going to support you so that when you are pregnant, you're already getting a lot of nutrients in. Um, and I think knowing that you will look back on your time of struggling with fertility as a really tough time, but you will eventually get past it in some way. So when we're stuck in it, we think it's forever. We think, um, everyone around us is pregnant. We're not, we've done something wrong. Something's wrong with us. And typically that's not the case. It is, it is a terrible thing to go through, but you will eventually somehow get through it in some way so that it's not your forever story. And when you can think about something as a temporary time, it makes it easier. Um, just a lot like being you know, in a COVID-19 quarantine. If we take it one day at a time and knowing that this is just a season, it is not forever. It makes it a lot easier, which I will say is easier said than done because I can't tell you how many people said to me, well, don't stress about getting pregnant and then you will. And like, well, <laughs> that's terrible advice. So I'm not saying don't stress about it. I'm saying take care of yourself and know that it's not forever. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. I love what you said. It's not your forever story. No. It's true. I think you're, I, you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, it's, you it really feels like you're going to be stuck in this rut for the end of time, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to see 10 feet in front of you. Um, And so it's just so – that's the thing that I've really, like, through my own infertility journey, um, I've really appreciated hearing people on the other side say that it it will get better. Mm -hmm. You will get there.
1: It will. And then, you know, it is a little – bit of a black cloud that hangs over your head during the time you're going in it, you're having other life experiences, but you're constantly focused on this experience you want that you don't have. Um, and that does go away eventually. And you think, Oh, I forgot when all I was thinking about was that I couldn't get pregnant because eventually something happens where you are able to make things happen somehow, you know? So it, it does go away. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I love it. Well, Ashley, my final question is how can people find you and follow you on social media
1: and beyond? Yes, well, you can find me on Instagram. It's a lady goes west, all one word. Same on Facebook. And then my website is called a lady goes west. And if you are, in fact, struggling with fertility or hypothalamic amenorrhea, I do have a lot of resources. If you go to my website and just type, fertility or hypothalamic amenorrhea in the search bar. You'll find tons of posts with free info. And then I also have my ebook available on my website for sale too. So you can find that and feel free to reach out to me. DM through Instagram is great. Um, you know, if you have a question and it's too much information, you feel free to tell me, I'm not going to screenshot it and share. I'm going to help you because I've been there. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) You're a doll. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been so great to talk to you. I mean, I like to share my story. I think we all feel better when we're talking about these sorts of things. So thank you for giving me a platform and for sharing your story and getting other people's experiences out there.